And now, a message from Google. Cyber attacks on critical infrastructure threaten the essential services we all rely on. That's why public institutions like schools, hospitals, and government agencies across the country are partnering with Google to keep their data safe and secure. Because when organizations like these run on Google Cloud, they're defended by the same AI-powered security that protects all of Google. Explore how Google is keeping more Americans safe online than anyone else at safety.google forward slash cybersecurity. Hey, everybody, it's Anna Palmer from The Daily Punch. We've got a special edition podcast coming at you each week during the month of October as part of our newly launched editorial product, The Future Of, where we're going to dive in on different topics each month, talking about what's the future of different areas such as agriculture, tech, cybersecurity. That's what we're going deep on this month. Just in time for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I'm going to be joined by senior congressional reporter Andrew Desiderio, who is leading our efforts on this project. A big thank you to Google for making this podcast and product possible. All right, before I bring in Andrew, let's set the stage. Cybersecurity is an inescapable part of our lives, from the mundane to the all-encompassing. That's why we're devoting the next four weeks to diving deep into the issue. We'll lay out the cyber legislative landscape, highlight the key players to watch, and more. In many ways, Congress and the world has been playing catch-up on cybersecurity. It started out as a way to protect information systems and personal data, but today it's a much bigger problem, further complicated by the rise of our artificial intelligence. So today, I'm going to bring in Andrew to talk about the state of play on Capitol Hill and Washington writ large. We're going to talk about where things stand as lawmakers are finally making strides, particularly when it comes to AI, which has essentially reset the clock for lawmakers grappling with cybersecurity concerns. All right, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Anna. All right, you've been diving deep on cybersecurity. Set the stage for us. What is the state of play, the central focus on cybersecurity in Washington right now? Yeah, so as you mentioned, a lot of this has to do with the fact that lawmakers have to play catch up when it comes to cybersecurity and a lot of technological advances that have happened over their very long lifespans. Um, I I keep uh, thinking back to the hearing with Mark Zuckerberg a few years ago where Senator Orrin Hatch asked him, well, if Facebook, if, if it's free for people to use Facebook, then how are you guys making money? And the response from Zuckerberg was, well, Senator, we sell ads, right? So there's a lot of catch up for senators to be playing right now, particularly on AI. That's why Senator Schumer has set up these AI insight forums. They're going to have a bunch more of these throughout the year. And the goal is to get a big legislative product sometime next year. Um, obviously, this is all extremely ambitious, and there is uh, a lot of work to do still on this. There's so many committees that are, that are going to be involved. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, this is going to be a, a Herculean effort for sure, especially in a presidential election year and with the House of Representatives that has shown a uh, opposite of willingness to deal on bipartisan legislating. I love that opposite of willingness uh, when it comes to bipartisanship. Obviously, something we catalog every single day uh, at Punchbowl News. You mentioned a little bit, right? Technology, not a strong suit for Washington. Uh, there, there's not a lot of coders up on Capitol Hill. A lot of people who even really understand necessarily some of the risks, right, when it comes to security, when it comes to some of uh, the issues that we face when it comes to elections and other things. How big of a gap 
do you think still exists where lawmakers are in their understanding of complex issues like AI and actually coming up with that regulatory framework? Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating because this is not something that um, is is drawn along party lines. Most of the proposals that are out there are bipartisan. And a lot of this, for example, Richard Blumenthal and Josh Hawley have a regulatory framework that they have released together. They chair a subcommittee uh, and, and ranking member uh, on uh, together. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of bipartisanship happening with this, but there's also some concerns about, you know, uh, government overreach from conservatives. Senator Ted Cruz has uh, talked a lot about this, for example, and saying, you know, the federal government isn't really ready to do this. And it's maybe an opportunity to just let AI flourish and do its thing. Of course, the flip side of that is that there are many risks and downsides to allowing something that has so much potential like this to to just basically like have its own tentacles and, and go out and do whatever it can. And a lot of that relates to two two big things that we actually talked to Senate Intel Committee Chair Mark Warner about. The first is about foreign interference in our elections. The second is about manipulation of financial markets. Um, so you have potentially huge economic consequences and then major consequences for our elections, election security, obviously a huge issue after 2016. Uh, Senator Warner's committee spearheaded that big investigation into how the Russians were using social media to interfere in uh, the election. And so there's this concern that our adversaries could also exploit AI for that purpose uh, in 2024, which is one of the reasons why Senator Schumer says this is such an urgent priority for Congress to address. And he says, you know, his goal, at least, is to have legislation uh, on this sometime next year. It's not just lawmakers, right? I think one of the things when you zoom out on the, the kind of the state of play and what is happening, it's really thinking about kind of the future of America, right? We think of America as the bedrock of so much technological, uh, you know, revolution when you think about the internet, when you think about platforms, when you think about the kind of the future of our economy. You were recently staking out the AI forum on Capitol Hill uh, that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and other lawmakers that bipartisan group kind of pulled together. It was interesting in so much that we had a lot of heavyweights when it came to industry coming to Washington, uh, but it was closed to the press. What were some of the key takeaways? What was kind of the mood coming out of that meeting? Yeah, as you mentioned, it was closed to the press, and that was by design. Uh, but a lot of senators were complaining about that because, you know, for example, Senator Elizabeth Warren was saying this just, you know, allows industry to to basically use its heavy hand on the regulatory framework here and try to regulate themselves, uh, which Senator Warren has been against for many, many years. Uh, but the the big takeaway for me was uh, after the forum ended, I talked to the CEO uh, of an AI development platform called Hugging Face, um, and. And he said he was encouraged by the questions he heard from the senators about how the United States can stay ahead of adversaries on this subject, like China, Iran, and Russia. Um, here's what he told me. He said, quote, it makes me pretty optimistic about the ability of the U.S. to draft regulation that is going to foster its leadership on technology because this is not automatic. And basically what he's saying here is that 
you know, America has to work to maintain its leadership role in the world on technology and on basically everything else, right? Um, and so that was a significant takeaway to me from someone who is not a, a big name like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and uh, and Bill Gates and some of these other uh, bigwigs who attended this forum. And I think it was notable that, you know, Senator Schumer brought all of them together, along with labor leaders, um, other technology groups, uh, you know, civil rights groups as well, um, to try to make the point here that this has to be an all-encompassing and very sort of strategic effort as they go about it. It's so interesting because so much of the last year has really been, even maybe multiple years has been, Washington kind of try to take on uh, Silicon Valley, right? Try to regulate, try to kind of, you know, break up potentially the big actors uh, and platforms. And now you see kind of almost this kind of kumbaya moment, right? Where you have, as you say, people from all of these different sectors, these different industries. I, you know, now everybody's an AI company. I mean, that's kind of been a pretty amazing revolution. Um, but can you talk about one of the things I thought was the most interesting in your reporting is the TikTok twist? Yeah, so obviously earlier this year when the TikTok CEO testified before the House, uh, that was a major moment for just America in general because this is an app that 100 million Americans use on a daily basis. Um, it touches everyone's life uh, in, in some way, shape, or form. And the whole debate was whether this social media app is actually a national security threat and should be banned in the United States. Um, and there were so many legislative proposals that were sort of born out of this uh, this hearing. Uh, some of them were as strict as just shutting down the app entirely in the United States. And then you saw TikTok and, and other uh, outside groups spending a lot of money on advertisements to say, wait, look how much of a benefit TikTok is. People have started businesses on TikTok. People sustain their business businesses on TikTok. Uh, you know, Senator Rand Paul, for example, was uh, breaking from his own party on this by saying, look, Republicans are going to lose elections if we don't, uh, you know, get on TikTok and these other platforms where young people uh, are really living these days. Uh, and then there were other sort of moderate middle of the road proposals on TikTok, like one from Senator Mark Warner and Senator John Thune, uh, which would basically create a, a way for the federal government to evaluate these foreign technology threats and then potentially take action based on what is learned as part of an investigation at the Commerce Department. Um, so it's something that lawmakers are still sort of talking about behind the scenes, but it has faded uh, ever since the TikTok CEO testified on Capitol Hill. And you know that just got so much attention uh, across, across the country and across the world because this is an app that just so many people use. And you know it just really hits on the point, I think, that cybersecurity is something that touches everyone uh, in every almost every facet of their life, uh, no matter how old you are, where you come from. And that's just a reality of the world we're living in today. All right. Well, this is just the first in a four-part installment of a special edition of The Daily Punch focused on the future of cybersecurity. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Anna. All right, get ready. Next week, we're going to dive deeper into the issues on cybersecurity and AI, looking at workforce, who the players are, what's important and what's coming next in terms of how companies and Washington is getting the megaphone out on this very important issue. If you like The Daily Punch, please share it on social media. Give us a rating and review. It's the best way for folks to find out about it. Again, a big thank you to Google for partnering with us for this special edition. <laughs>